in the day that ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall see uh, as be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit of it, and uh, the fruit of it thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. Can I tell you tonight? The flesh, the, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We struggle with these three things every day, and this is why. This is why we struggle with them, is because Satan is very subtle. He comes to us, and, and, he, and he puts these things in our, in our position, because again, we're not following what God has asked us to do. We're not staying in the Word. We're, we're not eating on the, on the meat of the Word, because I, I, I can guarantee you, most of the people in here should be eating the meat of the Word. We shouldn't be on the milk anymore. We should be eating the Word and, and digesting it and knowing what God has for us. We should know what the will of God is in our lives. And uh, if we don't, then we need to, we need to be, be in the Word and be studying the Word even harder to get that meat of the Word. So uh, what, what I'm saying is that, again, the lust of the flesh. All right, here, here and it's here. It's all right here. It, it says that she saw that it, for one, the lust of the eyes. She saw that it was good for food. And she desired and a desire to make one wise. She wanted she wanted to be like God, you know. Right right off the bat, the, the the second of his creation, they wanted to be like God. And so there's your pride. Your pride is right there. You know, I want to be like God. And be and and she and she believed the lie. And uh, you know the thing is is as I continue to read through chapter three and chapter four and the, to see what the end of of Adam and Eve were, we see that. Uh, again, one of his own son, both of his sons, one of them killed his own brother. Out of what? Out of jealousy. Again, pride. Because God did not accept my sacrifice. He didn't accept it. And he said, so I'm going to kill him. I'm pretty, I'm pretty upset about that. You know, so uh, as, the, as he killed his brother, then God put him out. And God put Adam and Eve out of the garden. And, you know, the thing is, is... It said, "Because therefore the Lord God sent him from the Garden of Eden to to till the, to till the ground." But uh, I'm, let me see back a little bit further. I had all these things marked, but uh, actually it said that uh, that God had uh, God had put him, like I said, He put him out of the garden. He put the cherubims up so that so they couldn't get to the tree of life. So that got me thinking, and that's why I kept reading. Did and, and it's just a question: Did did Adam and Eve go to heaven? When they died, they lived almost 800-something years, but you never see them making another sacrifice to God. And you never hear of a, any, any kind of uh, asking for forgiveness for what they've done and what they've done to humanity. And their son killed their, their, his, their, his brother. And then they had another son, Seth. And then when Seth had a son, uh, what was it, Enos? When, when, when he had Enos, then men began to call on the Lord. So they must not have been calling on the Lord from the time Adam and Eve were out of the garden. Cain killed his brother. So again, you know, what, what, what happened to God's first creation? I'm afraid, just in my mind and what I read, again, the, the Scripture doesn't tell us, but I'm thinking they didn't repent. God clothed them. God made the sacrifice. He he clothed them in the in the in the in the in the, uh, 
carcasses of the animals that he killed to cover them. But I never saw where they, for once, asked God for forgiveness. And again, all, this, all these things. And there's a price that has to be paid for the sin that they caused. You know, their son, their, their son killed them. And again, they didn't, uh, they didn't call on the Lord until Enos. Then men began to call back on the Lord. And, uh, you know, there, there's a price for sin. Can I tell you that uh, the sins of the, of the flesh and the sins of, uh, of the eyes, the, the love of the flesh, love of the eyes, that is a downward, a downward spiral, spiral. I mean, it just takes you down. And it will take you down and it will take you down and you'll stay there longer and farther and go further than you ever think. And you say, you know, and I hear the young people. I, I hear people tell me, I've got people in my family that well, I'm not always going to do this. You know, I'm not always going to do this. I, you know, this is, just, this is just sowing your wild oats. This is just being, you know, just doing things because, you know, you've got to have fun. Well, let me tell you, sin will keep you longer than you've ever planned on. Uh, you'll be there longer, and you may not ever come out of it. You know, and the thing is, uh, and I hate to say it, but I, I, I know a man, and he's a good man. He does, he does good works. And he's, he, he's in church, and he does good works. But he's not a Christian. He's told me that himself. I'm not a Christian. He, but, he, but he'll do the work. He, you know, he'll cut the grass. He'll clean the church. He'll do everything there is. But, I, but I'm not saved because I, I really haven't come to that point yet. And I've told him, I said, God will not always strive with you. And uh, because the thing is, the, the more you tell him no, or you, or you, or you don't make the decision, the, the, the quieter that voice goes. Until sooner or later, God won't deal with you anymore after you t- shut him down. But uh, can I tell you that alcohol and drugs play uh, so much in this downward spiral that, that we go through. The, 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 the young people, the people that aren't Christians, and they live in this sin, and they live in it, and they live in it, but it's only going to be, it's only going to be for a short time. Can I tell you that life is but a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away? So if you re- keep yourself in it, then you're not going to get out of it unless you turn to God, because that's the only, that is your only way out. God is your only way out of sin, because His Son died on the cross for your sins, and that's your only way out. And like I said, we saw it in, in, in Adam and Eve. They sinned. They knew they shouldn't have sinned. God said not to eat of the tree. You could eat of any other fruit. And she saw it was good to the eye for food. There was plenty of food around her. It's just that that's what Satan told her, and she believed him. And so today, can I tell you, if Satan can fool them, they can, he can surely fool us. So we need to be careful where we go, what we do, and who we communicate with. Because the thing is, that's why we're not supposed to do business with the ungodly. We're supposed to be not unequally yoked. And that doesn't just mean to be married. That means to be in business or anything else with an unequally yoked person. Because, again, you're doing what God wants you to do. And if you bring someone in or you do business or you have someone that is not saved, you're, you're going down the wrong path and your business or and even... And, I, and like I said, I keep hating, hating to bring this guy up. But again, he told me he's not saved. He does the work. You know what? That will hinder your ministry. If you allow him to keep working, and if you allow him to keep doing what he's doing in the church, knowing that he's a lost man, and he doesn't feel comfortable yet accepting Christ, well, guess who's using him? Satan's using him. And until he comes to the, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, 
He is welcome in my church, and he's welcome to sit on that pew, but he really shouldn't be in any of the ministry of the church. That's just the way I feel. Because, again, he, the, the church is for the, the local believers, and, and that's what it is, believers. If you don't believe, then it's not really for you. I don't understand why you're here. And he's been there for quite a while. So I, 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 this, this is just one of my things that I'm going through. And it's the biggest thing right now that is on my plate. And uh, I don't, I'm, I've been praying and asking God to save this man so I don't have to make him mad. Because I don't want to make him mad. I believe he's a good guy. He's a good moral man. And he does good work. But he is, doing, he is not doing the work of God. He's doing the work of self. And that's not a good thing. And uh, now can we turn to uh, Samuel, Second Samuel. And, uh, and we're going to talk about uh, David real quick. And um, we'll start in uh, verse 1. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, and David, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came unto him, and, they lay, and he lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness, and he, she returned to her house. Now, can I tell you again, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Can I tell you, this is, again, the devil's doing. Because, again, and it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings went, go forth to battle. Can I tell you, the king always leads his people to battle. But where was David? He stayed home. And the idle hands of a man are a devil's workshop. He stayed at home. And it says when he got up, he rose out of his bed and he walked upon the roof of the king's house. I don't believe this is the first time that David's walked on the roof of his house. I believe David's seen things out on the roof of his house before. And uh, I think he was laying there and he thought, hmm, I wonder what I can see tonight. And when he got out on the roof, he looked out and he saw Bathsheba. And he saw, you know, and, and, the, devil, and the devil hooked him. The devil hooked him. And again, David is a man after God's own heart. And we know that. And, uh, but the thing is, David, uh, David knew better. You know, Adam and Eve knew better because God told him not to eat of it. But, the, but like I said, Satan came subtly to him. And, and it's the same way here. You know, David looked upon her. He said, I know, he knows all about her. He knows who her husband is. He knows he's a, he's a great warrior in his, in his army. He knows all about her. But again... He's, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. He didn't go to battle with his men. He laid back. He looked upon her. And not only looking upon her, he sent for her. And then again, we can't just blame David because Bathsheba came. Uh, again, he may be the king, but I believe that you could say, hey, you know, I know you. You know me. You know my husband. My husband works for you. We can't do this thing. You know, but again, it, it happened. And uh, can I tell you? Again, this downward spiral that we're on, this, this lust of the eye, the, the, the lust of the flesh. Those sins, we can see. We can see those things. And, and again, we could talk about how God or how Satan brings us apart. We're all alone. 
You know, he got he got to Eve. Of course, there's not too many people around, just him and her husband. But he got to her. You know, and then we get to David. He's by himself. You know, he it's, it's again at night. Our deeds are evil. You know, the the light showeth forth the truth. The darkness, the evil. And you know, it, it was at night. He he did this uh, with uh, with Bathsheba. And uh, you know, the thing is, there's all you always have the consequences of sin. And we know that she was, again, he, he sent forth, she got, she was expecting. She said, hey, I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a child. Oh, we got to get rid of your husband. Or we got to get your husband back here. Try to cover this thing up. Let, let, let's, let's sweep this thing under the rug. Let's get rid of it any way we can. And uh, they, they tried, uh, he tried everything he could until he actually had to commit manslaughter. I wouldn't call it first degree murder, but he put him out there. You know, he sent uh, he sent a letter and told him to put him on the front lines, and and he and he died. And uh, but can I tell you what's even worse is that he had to pay in the death of his child. You know, when the child was uh, was going to be born, it was going to be dead, and it was going to die. And that's that's a terrible thing to have to lose a child. It really is. But uh, and you know the thing is, what we find out different about David than we do. Adam and Eve was that he fasted, he prayed, he was in mourning. This is why the why the child was still alive, and he was calling on God not to take the child. You know, you know, I I really don't I don't want this to happen. And uh, again, he w- he was very repentant for what he had done, and he sought God's face. And after the child was and the the even the guards were afraid to tell him that you know that his child had died, because they figured he was going to really go off the deep end because he was already in this turmoil of uh, what was going on. And uh, he saw his uh, his men talking. He said, "Well, is is my son dead?" And they said, "Yes." And you know what he did? He cleaned himself, cleaned himself, shaved himself, got ready, got up, got got something to eat. And you know what? He went on to serve God because God had, had brought him through it. And that's the, that's the difference between Adam and Eve and, and Cain and Abel and even Seth. That now David is going to serve God. And again, we find out that he is a, a man after God's own heart. He wins great battles. And he does great and mighty things for God. And we can learn from that. We can learn from that. Again, we know that we live in a sinful body. Alright? We know we're going to sin, but we're not to let sin have dominion over us. You know, we're supposed to, we, we are to ask forgiveness of sin. And, you know, I find it best to ask for forgiveness of sin as soon as it comes to your mind and, and, and ask God to forgive you. So that communication is always open. The Holy Spirit is always near, and He's always uh, telling us, hey, you know, we shouldn't do that. But uh, that's, that's, that's a great thing that we can do, and, and we should. But uh, can I tell you today that... Uh, Pride really gets in the way of that. It really gets in the way. Because the thing is, um, even as Christians, I think sometimes we think, well, we're, 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 we're pretty good. You know, we're, we're doing all right. You know, we, we, we're still, you know, going to church. And, you know, we still pray a little bit. You know, I might pick up a, a, a verse or two of somebody, you know, reading on, the, on Facebook. You know, but the thing is that personal relationship with God isn't there that that personal relationship with Him, and uh, pride is a 
Pride is a, if, if, if it's called anything, is an upward, I believe it's called an upward sin. Because again, the, the downward sin, the, the alcohol, the drugs, the, the lies, the stealing, those things that we know that we can see are what is bringing us down. Those, those sins, like I said, those are, those are really, really downful sins and they'll bring you down. But pride lifts you up. And you don't really, you don't really catch that right off. You know, when you're sitting in church and you're thinking, well, he's preaching about that, but that really doesn't pertain to me. Well, can I tell you that everything pertains to you and it pertains to me. Everything pertains to me and you and mostly me. So uh, uh, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. And uh, God hates pride. And can I tell you what else pride will keep you from doing? It'll keep you from witnessing. It'll keep you from talking about him because you're worried or scared, and some people say, well, I'm an introvert, or whatever, I can't talk to people. That's still a form of pride. Pride is coming in, and you, you won't talk about God. Because uh, I know people who say, well, I, I just can't talk like you. No, you can't talk like me, but you can talk like yourself. You know, you can you can say something to someone today to tell them about Christ. It, it, it really isn't that hard, because you, you shouldn't be ashamed of Him. And He gives you that power to do it. And so you take that opportunity. Because the thing is, if we don't take the opportunity, when we know God has given us the opportunity, that person is, could die and go to hell. If it, I mean, he may not accept the, 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 the plan of salvation right then, but you planted the seed. And God will water that seed. And again, I believe one day God will, we, you will see the fruits of it when you're standing in heaven and this guy or this woman says, you know, that's the one. He's the one that spoke to me first about Christ. And I tell you what, it is so necessary that we do that today. I, at the beginning of this goofy thing that we started back on May the 7th, uh, I made a couple runs to, to Lowe's looking for toilet paper and uh, things of that nature. And uh, everybody, everybody, I'm not saying just nobody, I'm, I'm ever, oh, you know, this, this reminds me of the apocalypse. Well, can I tell you it's not the apocalypse because there ain't no zombies or nothing, you know. But you know what? Pay attention. You know, they're thinking, anyway, they're thinking the end of the world is what they're thinking because there's no toilet paper. Uh, the, the littlest things they can think about because there's no toilet paper. We're at the end of the world, you know, because we're, we're so spoiled, I guess. I don't know. But people, people are thinking that, that, you know, because they, they have enough understanding of that someday there's going to be the end of the world. And, it is, and there is, you know, but we're not, we're not going to see the end of the world. You know, we're going to see the rapture of the church. And I'm excited for that day. And I believe it's getting closer and closer every day. Uh, again, we were discussing some things right prior to church. And uh, these things that we talked about, the, the, the mark of the beast, Bill Gates, all that stuff, all that stuff has to be in place before the rapture of the church. Because after the rapture of the church, through the tribulations, the mark of the beast has to come. And it's going to come on you like that. And there's going to be a great delusion sent. Again, I don't have to worry about the great delusion. You know, I'm, I'm going to be gone. I'm a, I'm a pre-tribulationist. I'm, I'm out of there. You know, I, I, believe, I still believe we're going to have to suffer persecution. Don't get me wrong. I still think we're going to be in a day that we're going to have to answer yay or nay. And your yay better be yay and your nay better be nay. Yes, I am a, a child of God. And no, I'm not doing that. Because it's coming. It's coming, folks. It's coming faster every day. And uh, so, like I said, I'd just like to read some verses real quick. And, um, and then that, because I, I want you to see.
kind of where I was going tonight in the way of, uh, of pride, uh, uh, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Uh, turn to 1 John 2.16. In fact, you don't have to turn. If you don't want to turn, just write them down and look at them later. But uh, 1 John 2 and 16. And I'll be turning with you, and hopefully I can beat you there, and you don't have to waste too much time waiting on me. 1 John 2 and 16. For all that is of the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Forever. Amen. Eight, uh, Proverbs 8.13. Proverbs 8.13. For the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding and I have strength. By me kings reign and princes decree justice. Can I tell you, God, God sets up kingdoms and brings kingdoms down. Uh, can I tell you that uh, whoever the president is, God put him in there. You know, we can say, well, we, you know, Donald Trump's... You know. Again, as Christians, we need to be careful what we say out loud sometimes. You know, because again, uh, I, I believe that... I know that Donald Trump's put there by God. But so was Barack Obama, you know, and so was George Bush and his dad and Bill Clinton and the rest of them. Because God has a plan, and his plan is going according to plan. There is not one mistake made. He knows that he brings, he, he, he raises kings, and he puts them down. And uh, when he puts it down for the last time, uh, we will all uh, be in glory and not have a, 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 an idea of anything that, that went on here, and who cares, right? You know, all tears will be wiped away. We will be in eternity with Him forever, uh, living in a new heaven and a new earth. I don't know what that's all about. I ain't going to have the slightest idea to tell you that I know what it's all about, but I know I'm going to be there because I've accepted Him as my personal Lord and Savior. And you know what? There will be no hurt. There will be no death. There will be no crying. There will be nothing but worshiping God the Father. And what else? I don't know. I'm sure he can, he's got plans for us through all eternity. And my mind can't even comprehend that. But it's going to be a great day. Proverbs 29 and 23. Twenty-nine and 23. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Whosoever is partnered with a thief hateth his own soul. He heareth cursing and bewareth it not. The fear of a man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Mark 7, 20. Mark 7, 20. And he said, That which cometh out of man, that defileth the man, for from within, out of the heart of man, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, and murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Every one of them. You know what? And we're all like that at one time. We were all that way until we found Christ. Well, we didn't find Him. He found us. And He compelled us to come and follow Him. And we did. 
And I'm so glad that He gave me the opportunity to accept Him as my personal Lord and Savior. You know, I'm going to just share a quick story with you. It has nothing to do with the message. But it says that God will cut a remnant out of, out of the Jewish people. You know, to be saved in the tribulation, 144,000. And uh, can I tell you today that my sister has uh, gotten into this uh, ancestry thing. And uh, Lisa Gendron Lewis is the one that kind of got her started on it. I don't know if most people may know Lisa. But uh, she's our uh, county historian or whatever. She writes articles and, and, and makes things. And, uh, but anyways, my mother and my father, my father's 86 years old and my mother's 81. My mom was born in Peebley. Well, she was actually born in St. Louis on a riverboat. And my dad was born in Crystal City. And um, they come from, my dad come from a long line. And, 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 and she, my sister studied this thing. And uh, she said, Dad's, Dad's line goes way back, way back. And uh, Mom's doesn't go very far. Mom doesn't have a very long uh, ancestry at all. Uh, again, my mom lived in Peebley, and uh, my mom stayed, my dad, uh, her dad died when she was 12, and her mother died when she was 56. So my mother doesn't have a very long lifeline. And uh, they used to stay with people in Peebley, and we called that dog kin. You know, I don't know if anybody else has ever heard that word, but they stayed at people's houses and, and they were, weren't related, so you just call them dog kin. You know, the, we're really not related, but we just call each other dog kin. But whatever that is, I don't know. That's just a word that I grew up with uh, for whatever that's worth. But anyways, so anyways, so my sister was excited about my dad's heritage. And uh, we had a godly heritage. My mother and father... Got saved in in, uh, in Sherman, Texas, when I was one year old, and they were saved at Central Baptist Church. And uh, my sister and I, my sister was saved at four, and I was I was saved. I went to the academy. I thought I'd, I made a profession at twelve. I was saved when I was twenty. Um, but even as we go back further, my great my grandmother and my was and my grandfather went to First Baptist Church, Baptist Crystal City. They got saved, but they never really served the Lord. But their but my grandmother's. Uh, this is all on my dad's side. My great-grandmother, she was a pillar, what they called back in the day, of the church. Uh, she was one of the founding members of First Baptist Church, 1800s, all right, or the early 1900s, wait, 1900 and a little less. But anyways, she was a pillar of the church. So as they studied this ancestry, and I find it very hard to believe, but we go all the way back to Wales, over in England, which we knew that. We knew we were, were English of that, of that uh, descent. And, uh, but the thing is, is what happened to this great, great whatever he is that lived in England, he traveled to, um, to Jerusalem. He went to Israel, and he met a woman. And this is where my sister says, I'm going to lose you. I said, probably so, because... Uh, I, I don't know if I put my trust in this stuff anyways. It's all Mormon based uh, out of, you know, out of Utah. She said, but uh, this man traveled over to overseas, over to Israel, and uh, he married this girl named Anna. And this was back, she's talking 500, 600 A.D. And uh, come to find out this Anna was Joseph of Arimathea's daughter, who Jesus got the tomb from. So I, to, so I take that as, again, I don't know if it's true or not. It's just that the Jewish people kept great records, and we know that from 
them going to, uh, to the census. They were always moving, going to the census to be counted of their hometown. So we knew they kept great records. And uh, these records, so what I'm saying is, I think I have a little bit of, very little bit of Jewish in me, but because she was part of my, part of my ancestry. But what I'm saying is, I look at it as God has cut a remnant through my family. And it's amazing the work that God does in a family. Again, because why else was I offered the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior? And to wind up and to look back as a child and see where I came from. You know, again, my mother and father were saved, but they weren't serving God. We went to church. My mother took us. My dad didn't take us to church. My mother took us to church. And we were young, and we'd only, we'd only go to church. We didn't go to Sunday school. I spent most of my time on Sunday morning curled up next to my mom asleep on a pew, you know, through most of my childhood. And then when we moved here is where it all changed. You know, God started working in my, in my mother and my father's life. And, uh, again, to be able to accept Christ and to do what he has asked us to do, I'm so glad that he, he cut a remnant through my family, just like he's going to cut a remnant through his family, through his people. So uh, tonight it was about the, the like I said, that, that was just free. I, like I said, it just puzzled me when I'd, when I'd even talk about it. But uh, that we think about our flesh, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And we see these things as uh, things we have to deal with. And you know what? We can deal with them. We can't deal with them on our own. We have to allow God to deal to be able to deal with them through us. Because again, this is we will not have we will not be able to not do these things until we die. You know, until our, we get a perfect body. But you know what? God never said we were going to be sinless. He just wants us to sin less. And the more we can sin less, the closer we can be with Him. The, the better communication we can have with Him. The, the more the Holy, we can hear the Holy Spirit, the more we can do the work. Because without the Holy Spirit, we can do no work. The Holy Spirit is the one that does the work in us. And that He's the only one that, that, uh, that does that work. And that's the only way we can stay close to God. So what I'm asking you tonight is, is to remember that, yes, we are sinners. But we've accepted Christ as our personal Savior. We have these issues with sin. But God is an all-forgiving God. And He's, an, and he's a long-suffering God. But again, let's confess that sin in the early stages so we don't carry it around with us, so we don't get defeated, so, God, so Satan can't pull us aside and tell us how lousy Christian we are or how lousy of a person we are. But stay in the Bible. Stay in prayer. Keep your focus on Christ. Witness for Him. And uh, you know, the thing is, is sometimes we... I got, a, I got a saying in here, I think. I wrote down before I got here. How, how can we overcome these things? Stay close to God. Do what the Holy Spirit is guiding you to do. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You know, the thing is, we can say, well, you know, maybe God doesn't want me to do this, or maybe God doesn't want Just do it. If it's there to do, just do it. God will tell you if it's good or not. And then if He doesn't, you're doing it for Him. So just go ahead and do it. Let's all stand and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful for the for the Word, Lord. We're so grateful for the the Bible, Lord, where we can read it, and Lord, and and understand what you want of us, Lord, and and know that, Lord, that uh, you're such a loving God, and and you care about us, and 
Lord, you want us to have a joyful life. And Lord, but we let sin get in the way. We let problems get in the way. But Lord, may we always look to you and ask for forgiveness. And Lord, stay in your word and read your word and grow and, uh, and eat the meat of the word. Lord, where uh, we won't let the devil trip us up so much. Lord, I thank you for this group tonight. I, I thank you for their attention. Lord, I pray again that you'll let them uh, feed on, the, on your word and, and to grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen.